Welcome to Go Meet, a wrestling podcast. And this is going to be the continuation of our topical podcast in which we are discussing the hero's journey. I have my man Jared here, our resident AEW focuser. I like to think about it. I like to watch it. Yes. I focus on it. The dub. The AE-dubs. You can't ever call a a company dub, because every single one of them has it in the name. (laughs) Like, oh man, did you watch the dub last night? It's like, which one? Mm, No, they're the E. I guess that makes sense. The, the Fed. The Fed. The See, Fed. At least that, that one, you're like 100% sure what people are talking about. Or if you call them New York. Yeah. That, I, one, that I like one kills the, me. I like the Fed. The Fed sounds so criminal. And menacing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it, technically, they are the heels. I, I mean, <laughs> the McMahons are literally the heels in their own company and in the other companies. Yeah, it's true. You know? Yeah, they're widespread influence. You want instant heat? Say you're from New York when you're at an <laughs> ROA show. or Oh, I'm sorry. R.I.P. Yeah, dude, I'm. What is up with that? What is what is happening with Ring of Honor? I don't know. I That's don't know. So weird. It it is it is strange because if they really are just rebooting the company, it feels so weird because you kept everybody on salary to reboot. But then again, like you kind of sort of ought to trust them at their word. But would you ever trust a wrestling promoter at their word? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Let's dive the fact into- that ECW exists <laughs> is a reason not to trust wrestling promoters. Right, right, right. Heyman, Heyman Incorporated. Okay. Now, we are specifically going to talk about Hangman because I feel like he is the best long-term storytelling version of a hero's journey we currently have in the product. I would agree with that. Right. And um, so you want to talk a little bit about his journey, how it started. Yeah, so he originally got picked up in Ring of Honor by the Elite. Back when he... I forgot exactly how young he was. He had to have been like 24, 25. Okay. He was real young. Um, but he showed a lot of promise because he's pretty charismatic. Uh, and they kind of took him under their wing in the Elite and Bullet Club and all that. And they took him on tours of Japan where he grew a ton. Mm-hmm. There is a G1 Climax where he didn't do great, but he had a couple really good showings. Specifically, one that piqued like Tanahashi's interest. That's always my thing when I when I talk about Hangman, I always think of that the Tanahashi, what Tanahashi had to say about him when he decided that this guy's this guy's got enough. something. Yeah, he's he's like those guys aren't good for you. Let me show you how to do it. Right, and I, I think about that constantly. Even now, as Hangman's world champ, I keep thinking like, man, what does Tanahashi think? Well, he was right. He was right. He was right. And the he whole was time. also right in that he had to get away. Absolutely. Literally, Tanahashi's always right. Right, <laughs> correct. correct. <laughs> it's the point. But yeah, what a, it's been a, a up and down journey for Hangman. Up because he gets lots of experience being with the Elite. Down because the Elite are huge jerk bags. <laughs> right. Well, and okay, he's kind of the handpicked jewel, right? You start out the company and you have your Jerichos and your Codys and your Bucks. And then he comes in line with the EVPs, even though he isn't one. And Omega's an EVP. And he's handpicked to kind of be the jewel of the future. And then at some point... He, he loses to Jericho. Right. And then, uh, and that, that's the thing. He positions himself as this AEW original where he's like, well, I, I should win the belt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he believed that he was going to win the belt. Everybody thought he had a chance. Well, no. Realistic, realistically, you knew they're going to put it on somebody people know. But... Um, but man, it set it up so well. All that, the, especially that line where he says later, where he's talking about like, 
I believed I could do it. Nobody else could. Nobody mm-hmm. else believed in me, and they were right. That's heartbreaking. Right. And then but, you, but that that's the perfect emotional start. Is just like, man, starting from the bottom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And then he winds up with Omega, and they become tag team champs, and they have this extended run as a team. And then you see uh, chinks in the armor as he begins to separate first from the Bucks, and then later from Omega. And then when Omega becomes this omnipresence throughout all of wrestling after they lose their belts, and he becomes the champion, Hangman really falls into woe is me rock bottom type guy we had the 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 drinking the episode where he's in a bar and matt hardy's trying to sign him and he kind of outsmarts him but you really still kind of feel sorry for him yeah it's still not a good situation to be in several episodes in with him like looking at himself in the mirror with a rocks glass in his hand maybe not episodes but segments yeah and then then we find where he finds strength in friends the dark order after the death of the, the actual death of yes. John Huber, they changed their dynamic to where they're this happy-go-lucky bunch because it's really hard for them to be heels anymore. <laughs> yeah. As their leader is his son in some ways, well, one, and then you have their belief in Hangman and how they put him out front begins to fuel his belief in himself to some degree. And he kind of, I've, I've done this friends thing before type of thing. It doesn't work. You know, but then eventually, man, when he said that, that broke my heart. Hangman over this entire character arc, and I still think it's going. By the way, I'll, I'll get to that, but I absolutely still think it, I don't think it's done yet. Uh, mostly because in wrestling, it's weird because like generally, when a character arc finishes, the show's over, right? <laughs> Correct. It's a movie, or it's a movie. The movie ends in right. wrestling. You keep going. The comparison would be to me currently a comparison would be say. A daredevil. Yes. Because you get a season two and a season three, and he becomes this... Uh, well, let's continue with this journey, and then we'll compare the two. Yes. We'll get back to the daredevil comparison. Right. So, yeah, I think I think an underrated part of all this is the subtleties. Mm-hmm. The, the, how the, the tag matches played out. Hangman was winning those tag matches basically 1v2 mm-hmm. for, like, several in a row. He was basically straight up beating the other team by himself. Right. Or Kenny was uh, was messing up and, and getting in the way, mm-hmm. but still because of the way Kenny and the Bucks treated him, he saw himself as the failure because he he was like already already set up to think that conditioned. He was yes conditioned to think that, which is just great. Mm-hmm. But you knew you knew deep in your heart you're like Hangman's double tough, bro. Mm-hmm. That guy's straight up winning these matches. But he's tough physically. Yes, the mental part he still has insecurities, and that's that's. The, the whole segment, uh, even when he, he costs the Bucks a title match, which is one of my favorite moments of this whole arc, because that's just straight up villainous. That's mm-hmm. a bad thing to do. <laughs> right. Because- I know the situation's weird and awkward, but that's not, a, that's bad. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, you can kind of make excuses, but at the same time, it's like, man, that's, that's cowardly. Right. You didn't want to face him. You, you didn't, didn't want to face him. him. So you cost And that coming back around to bite him in the ass, so good. Right. It's stuff but like that, that where it, it's not a straight line from him being at the bottom to at the top. There, there's been peaks, there's been valleys. Right. But the leaning into his insecurities is what leads to rock bottom. Absolutely. Which is where he has to get away from. Where he loses the belts, he has nothing, not even a tag partner. His tag partner didn't even have, didn't even have enough, uh, hatred in him to beat him up. You remember that moment? In go go over it again. Yeah, yeah. Omega gets a chair, and Hangman's like practically unconscious because he got 
beaten to a pulp, right? Mm-hmm. He absolutely, again, he was also 1v2ing that match as well. <laughs> Hank, like, Omega goes to, like, hit him with the chair and he just drops it and, and Hangman kind of, like, starts to, to fall forwards and Kenny just lets him fall. Right. That's so much more. If, if, if Kenny had beaten him up, that would have been one thing. But the fact, just the apathy. Right. Apathy is honestly, in some ways, worse. Than, than hatred because the, the the lack of an emotion is is almost worse than any strong emotion. Well, the beatdown is the the Balboa moment, right? Where you took the beating and that galvanizes you to fight back. Yes, but the walk away—that's crushing. That's that that is the self loathing. Now it's not about how much you hate him; it's about how much you hate yourself. Exactly. You can't even refocus your negative feelings. It's you just have nothing. You have nothing to. It's just man. Right. I have nothing. Right. So, yeah, he turns to the drinking and, and the segments in the bar, and people try to take advantage of him. Then the Dark Order is just so likable. You just really you want them so bad to, to help him, and you you want him to allow himself to be right. helped. It's borderline idol worship. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it, it feels like um, if you've ever seen a, a show where the groupie or whatever gets behind the, the washed-up rock star and gets him to write that last hit, that kind of thing. It felt almost weird like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we're all the You still got it. You still got it. I promise you do. Like, John Silver's just the weird little man. He's the key. He's the key. He's great in all this. Right. And I even liked, uh, in, in the Dark Order, there were some differing opinions about Hangman. Anna Jay never liked Hangman. Well, and they also kind of, in that process... Almost split up a little bit from one another. Yeah, because because some of them wanted so badly to to just go out there and help him, and then others wanted so badly for him to just him to come to that to them willingly and not like oh uh, like in an almost uh, you owe us way if that makes sense right because that's I think that's kind of what Hangman was thinking in that moment was like man if these guys come out to save me I'm gonna feel obligated and they wanted him to make that decision to come absolutely to us, whereas the other ones are like no we can help him make this decision. Which I think is so, that's so smart. Well, and also you have, you have a heavyweight title picture, which is almost always A versus B. Yes. And in this case, you have an elite group behind this one guy, and then you have Hangman, and then you have a whole nother understory behind that, along with his story with the Dark Order, along with his story with Kenny. Yes. Along with his story with the Bucks, which is even a little bit intricate and different from that. And then, of course, we get the month or so lead up where it's the two factions against each other and then culminates, of course, in your title match. Yes. And, man, God, I think Kenny's been doing a killer job, too. Now, talk about the title match, because I think they did tell the story a little bit of Hangman building his confidence in the title match. The title match was really interesting because it had a lot of callbacks to when they wrestled like tag matches together. Mm-hmm. Like certain moments were callbacks to when Kenny messed something up and hit Hangman, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was it was just a really smart match. It, it's just the kind of match that Kenny is really really good at. Uh, like the Kenny Okada matches all have callbacks to the earlier stuff. He's really good at making that happen. Right. And I think that was just perfect. I well, thought the whole match was perfect. I personally believe that when wrestling is done right, to oversimplify it, you have a feud, a lead up, you have a match, and the match tells you all about the feud by the way they fight. One hundred percent. And then it tells you then the then the climactic scenes when we when we're going down the home stretch and action starts to pick up, it tells you about those last few moments before they they get the last two or three weeks and then the result. Yes. 
and the result is your finish. And it, the whole story gets, you can tell a, a good match. You can tell me, I can tell you the whole feud by what I saw in the match. Exactly. And I think that's why the Danielson match was also so And good. that's the rewarding part for us in watching it. Yes. Gosh, it's, it's something and that's that, true in it. That's true in an Avengers movie. It's true. You know what I mean? If the climactic fight scene, you see the little bits of Iron Man and Spider-Man together. Because yeah, Iron Man yeah. pulled him into it. That kind of thing. Stuff like that. Uh, people tagging together that were enemies. Stuff. I, yeah, there, there's so many ways to tell an interesting story in wrestling. Right. Because of how it's set up. And, and some people kind of view wrestling and they view the limitations of it. It's like a, the kind of, they kind of water it down to people beating each other up in a morality play. But there's a lot of like real subtleties you can tell. In, in a lot of these scenarios that kind of get overlooked sometimes. To me, that's the beauty of Omega. That's always been the beauty of uh, Danielson. Yes. Is that they don't see limits in what you can do in a wrestling. Shawn Michaels. Oh, not at all. One oh, of the oh, first oh, 100%. To, to really uh, underline that. that you can tell is, so th- many different stories. That this is about more than just whether or not I'm a tougher guy than he is. Uh, WrestleMania 25-26, the two Undertaker matches with Shawn Michaels. Those are similar matches, but the story being told, totally different. Correct. It, it makes, it's, it's so, again, it's so interesting. And those two matches are, are paired together. They are related. The, the first match is, I completely believe I can do the undoable. I 100%. The second match is the last gunfight. I'm going to go down swinging. I know I can't win, but I'm going to go down right. with everything. Yeah, right. So good. Correct, correct. Now, the um, Ric Flair-Sean match. Absolutely. That 100% too. Uh, that The Ric Flair-Sean match, Sean told you both in the fact that he did a lot of Ric spots that Ric probably couldn't do as well anymore. And also, he, he had, like, supposedly, he told Ric on the way out there, just shut up and do what I tell you. And and this is going to be your swan song. And he gave us so many of the moments that Rick had during his career that reminded you of who the Nature Boy was. And then to put him down after he gave you all of his career in a nutshell was so good. But now, okay, so we have Hangman go over. And we talk about, you wanted to talk about, and I think this is where we say wrestling can go on. And we're going to get into this a little bit now because next week because we're going to talk about booking a champion. But let's go into it a little bit because we do get the lead up to the Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. And this is where I'll talk about the Daredevil. Because in season two, we've established that Daredevil is Daredevil now. Yes. In season two, they have to dig into his insecurities differently. Right, yeah. there has to be something yes. that that gets to him. Maybe you get to Foggy, who was his psychic. Maybe you get to the, the young lady. In, in this, Brian Danielson goes for the Dark Order because there's where your weakness is. Now that you found yourself, your weakness is in those guys that aren't as strong as you around you. I just I thought I thought that Danielson is it's perfect. And the fact that he he decided to leverage against the Dark Order mm-hmm. to pick at Hangman's newfound source of strength, his friends, vicious, chinks in the armor, mean, mm-hmm. unreal, and Hangman rising to the occasion almost overconfidently, which I think shows in the match, which I think is right. really interesting. Right, I think where that really picks up because uh, sometimes when it comes to like. People rising to become champion, sometimes they'll get there and everyone just wants them to be perfect. 
Mm-hmm. Like there, there's a, an instinct, and I totally get it. Where it's just like, well, now he's champion; he should be winning every match, clean, center of the ring, ten minutes, right? Right. I don't, I don't think that's really necessarily true, and I think that's doubly not true against someone like Danielson. It's it, Danielson it, is like a hyper threat. That dude's a final boss. To piggyback on what you're saying, one of my issues with the way the the Fed has <laughs> booked Babyface Champion is Drew McIntyre couldn't lose in any circumstances. He yeah, never look. He could never look weak ever. Like even no matter who it was, he beat. You know, I, I hate the thing I hate the most in all wrestling is something the Fed does where your your baby face strong guy or your heel strong guy beats up a tag team. Like well, yeah. <laughs> It, it, well, it just defeats yeah. the whole purpose of having tag team. Yeah. But, but still, you, you, that's not interesting. You know what I mean? When it worked for Rollins for a little bit because his matches go longer because he just isn't, he just isn't big enough to be portrayed as unbeatable. So he has to, he has to wear him down a little bit before he hit, hits his big moves. Yeah. And, and also to, in his favor a little bit was there was a, a, a Lesnar in his way and a Strowman in his way, which were significant. But once he beat those guys, well, now how am I supposed to believe he can be, he can lose to whoever's his size, right? Because I've seen him handle an F5. What on earth can he not handle now, right? <laughs> and so, but yeah, what was the Styles Clash going to do that an F5 doesn't? Correct. You know what I mean? So the point the point with that is, if you do show a, a champion who, uh, as Layfield used to say, smells like smoke because he's been through fire, a, a champion who constantly has to overcome issues in every matchup. That have to do with, and, and he builds to a point, the most interesting is when he builds to a point of over-ego. And that's where the downfall comes in the climb back up eventually. But we haven't gotten there yet, but. No, but I do think it's, it's, it's way more interesting. Correct. I think also if in a situation like with Rollins or someone who's not necessarily winning, maybe, I'm not gonna say not definitively, but you know what I mean? Like it takes them a little bit. Right. I think that also legitimizes your upper card. As well, of course. Like it's like, of course. Like if someone goes against the champ and they're like, "Man, they need to give him the ropes a little bit." I'm not thinking, "Wow, the champ is weak." Right. What are they booking this guy? Right. Well, I, I think, oh wow. Well, that's yeah. the whole point, though. If your person gets to be in a championship match, that means they earn their way there in some respects. So they've gone over your mid card. If he goes up there and he gets squashed, that makes everyone look like an idiot. Right, then we don't really have a reason to watch next I, week. It's like the old school style of booking sometimes. You think about like Hogan, where it's just like, oh yeah, I win the belt, brother. Well, even Hogan would have these, uh, they were, they were hamming, they were hamming, oh, yeah, but he would, he would have to hook up. You know, he would, he would take that beating from Tugboat or whoever, right? And then he would eventually start to take the punches and shake up. We're both shaking our fist and doing the work. Yeah, of course. Every time you talk about it, I got to do it. Listen, I don't like Hogan, but man, that's, it's iconic. (laughs) Well, the trick, the trick to me was though more Hogan at least would sell for the heel a little bit, even though his back wouldn't really hit the mat, right? Warrior was the one to me that you could really point to and go, he really sold nothing. Like he would get body slammed to stand right back up, you know, and I get Sting would do it too sometimes. But Sting, it would be more of a video game style. Somebody got him down, and he would shoot up for that last spunk of yeah, yeah. It's whatever. like a burst of energy, almost a Hulk up. Yes, if you momentary, will. if that right. makes sense. Right, right, right. Okay, so I think we're going to call that a wrap on this part of it because I want to go into. We may even do a Anatomy of a Match on the Hangman one because I think it was that good. Is that good. We may do that next week if we can. But we're for sure. whole hour. Whole hour. I, did, I had no now, clue, so I just loaded up the episode of Dynamite, and I was like, "Whoa, 
They literally wrestled. For, I kept clicking. I was like, wow, 30-minute match. What a treat. 45 minutes. An hour. Right. Quickly, though, it was controversial. Some people did have issue with it. You loved it. I loved it. I, I know some people had an issue with it because of length, which I, I understand that one. Some people don't like long matches. Well, I felt like, and I, I know you love him, but I felt like it wasn't an Okada match. No. It wasn't where I kind of knew sitting down that this is going to go a long time. <laughs> yeah, that's you know the thing I mean? about you, you can sometimes tell when he's he's wrestling slow at the beginning, like, and they walk around. Oh man, this is going to be. But this felt like at the twenty minute mark somebody could win. At the thirty minute mark somebody could I, win. I never in my mind thought they would go that long. Nor was there any indication because they kept going. They kept doing big moves, and I was like, that has to be it. Right now, this is the second, I believe, no decision for Daniel though. That would. The distance, right? Him and uh, Omega. Omega, right. Now, it would be... Him and Omega was only 30 minutes, though. Right. Very, very good. Very good. Now, I do think it would be interesting if, in big matches, Brian would get to do this more. Maybe not the the, the no DQ thing, but the 45-minute, the 50-minute. Because it did feel, to some degree, like a love letter that he was writing to pro wrestling. I, I could not believe he uh, skinned the cat at 59 minutes into a match. That man is, is an animal. simply made from different material. He is an animal. He was doing, like, one-legged jumping jacks at 45 minutes. I, <laughs> he is an incredible performer. I, I could not believe that. That dude is unreal. Right. He might legitimately be the best performer of the last 10 years. I... Man, I, I tell you, I, would I won't have, say twenty because you know, I'm a Tanahashi mark, but <laughs> I would say he is a top five, easy all bell time. to bell guy all time. All time, and easy. I'm not. Besides Sean and Guerrero, I'm not a hundred percent sure who I put in there with him. You know, as far as bell to bell goes, um, I mean, I have to sit down and think about it. I mean, for sure, Hogan, Hogan, <laughs> Sting, of course. <laughs> Say Sting and then ask Justin. See what it's. Watch his watch his little head pop off. <laughs> okay. Um, so if if you check this out, you enjoyed it. Hit us up on the Facebook and give us comments or suggestions. Hit us up at the Twitter at Go Home Heat One and or DM us. Let us know what you thought. Let us give us some comments if you want to, or give us suggestions for things you want to hear us do down the road. Check out our friends at The Daily Smart, which is your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling. You can also find us there if you hit the search bar. Check out our friends at The Gin Project, the G-I-N-N project.com. This is KP for my man Jared for Justin Thunderbrain. It's close, close enough. (laughs) Close enough. Close enough. (laughs) Uh, Jared, go home. Go home.